So hello and welcome to the Full Time Whistle podcast. Uh, recording straight after the Manchester United versus Liverpool game tonight. Uh, so plenty to talk about from that game. Uh, once again, joined by Luke. How are we, mate? Yep, nice one, mate. All good. Football was crap over the weekend, but we'll get on to that a bit. <laughs> we definitely will. And uh, the Wanderer returns for the first time in a while. Aaron joins us back in the pod. How are you doing, mate? Yeah, I'm good, I'm good. Slightly pissed, but we're, 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 we're okay. Bit annoying though, because I had to write down as a draw. It cost me £60. So it's just a shame Liverpool play so crap tonight. But anyway, well, shall we get into it? Yeah, well, definitely. Well, I think that's the only, only place to start. Um, well, first off, what a performance by Manchester United. I don't think we were expecting that. Um, when the lineups came out, uh, Aaron, what were you? What were your first thoughts when you saw Ronaldo not playing, Maguire not playing? Slightly different midfield today. Um, do you know what? I was actually probably the opposite to everyone else. I thought this was like the perfect game for United. I didn't think Liverpool were going to come and batter them like they did last year. Um, they played Liverpool at a good time. And I had to also the pairing of Varane and Martinez. I mean, what difference it makes having Varane in the team? Just just his presence. Um, yeah. you know, in the side. And I've got to say, I know it's his first goal since January, but it's the best Rashford's played that first half in like probably two years. Thought he was brilliant in that in that first half. And I thought Bruno Fernandes had a good game as well. But in saying that, I think Liverpool just played into my United's hands completely in that in that first half, especially. Um don't know what's going on there at the moment. I don't you guys probably know more than me. Why was Fabinho not starting if he was on the bench? I don't understand uh, it. He'd had, he'd had an injury, I think. Right. Yeah, I don't right. think he was he was fully fit, but he can't understand that. Yeah, he kind of feels so. There's a lot of like individual performances that stood out, whether they were good or bad. Um, say you can pick out a couple of United players who who had good games, as you said, Rashford. Um, I thought Sancho played a lot better today. Obviously, he got his goal as well. Um, Fernandez looked bright. Um, but let's just just touch on Liverpool to start with on on that Van Dijk, Alexander Arnold. They weren't they weren't good tonight, were they? No, I've said I've said I've said it before. Trent is not good enough defensively. He just, he just isn't. He just cannot defend in the big games. I think the old, the old quote is: if if you're playing the World Cup final tomorrow and you got Mbappe running at you, Trent's not the player you want. Though. That is, it's just not. It's just not him. Yeah. And Van Dijk, I don't, I don't think he's come back from preseason yet. He's just, he's just not started well. I don't, I don't know what's going on. Yeah, because when you look at the first, the first goal for Manchester United, you kind of saw. Van Dijk's positioning. Um, I've seen a lot of uh, memes on Twitter memes. Say, saying that it's uh, that Liam Gallagher was starting for, uh, for <laughs> tonight. Um, but again, it was kind of just his posi- uh, positional play in that aspect. It was like he was one blocking the keeper and two didn't close the ball down. Um, so do you kind of feel like will 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 he go and get a bit of like Maguire treatment now? Do you think, or do you think because he's Van Dijk? Never. He'll just go straight back to next week and no, everyone would have forgot about it. It's not going to happen, is it? He's supposedly the best Premier League centre-back of all time, which is the biggest load of crap I've ever heard. But he's, he's, he's quality, don't get me wrong, but come on now. Like, putting him in the same bracket as Vidic, Ferdinand, John Terry, Tony Adams was just just mental. But it shows you one thing, that Joel Matip is a lot more necessary to Liverpool than what people think. Yeah, yeah. Um. And I think obviously the debate's going to be when Manchester United play without Cristiano Ronaldo that they look more of a team, and I think that actually proved right today. Mar- Martial made, made a difference when he came on as well. Um, 
I don't even watch our star now, actually. I mean, I was that sort of like sort of sorts of the atmosphere anyway. But, but, but the second time watching was was uh, was was very good. Uh, I, I don't know whether Ronaldo thing, to be honest. I, I just think it was the opposition. You know, he could play counter attack. They didn't need to to sort of dictate the game. It was like I said, a perfect game for them. I think if Ronaldo was playing, I still think United would have had a positive result tonight. I I honestly don't see that as the big issue. I just think it was a perfect game for them. Um, I, to be honest, tonight was more in Liverpool than Man United. I mean, saw the way United played against Brentford against Brighton. Actually, probably more to the point against Brighton. Um, but they're a counter-attacking team. We've seen them do, do, do this on the Solskjaer, where they wouldn't get a result in the big games. They would win. It suits them. And like I say, like, like I thought, Milner had a very, very poor game tonight as well. Very poor in midfield. Um, people, people in the pub were like, "Watch this game really frustrating." Um, every time he got on the ball, but. I, 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 I don't know what you guys say about Ronaldo, but I really don't think it makes a difference if he plays or not. I think it's a sort of myth, the whole pressing and stuff. I think there's more bigger issues than that, really. Because even I when think, he came on, he still had a couple of chances. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think it just allows him to, to play more fluid. Allows mm-hmm. him to press it, allows him to get higher up the pitch. And I, I think Ronaldo is what he is. He's, he's the best or up there with the best of all time. But it just doesn't suit the way that Ten Hag wants to play, and he doesn't want to be there. It's quite clear, isn't it? The 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 interesting thing, like with the whole situation there, is just how do they get rid of him? Because they yeah. he don't want to be there, and they probably don't want him there now. What 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 do they do? How do they get rid of him? Are they going to terminate his contract? Well, I yeah, think when, when you yeah when you look at it, I think that's anything they can do. Obviously, over the last couple of days, you've seen him. Be linked more again back to back to Lisbon. Obviously, they're going to be in the Champions League again this season. Yeah. Ronaldo wants to wants to break that record. But kind of from talking to like United fans throughout the game tonight, I think a lot of them kind of are on the same page. That I think it's probably time that Ronaldo had a good season last season in terms of say he still scored scored goals. He came back, but as you kind of say, like Fernandez's performance tonight, it always looks like he plays a bit better when. Ronaldo's not in front of him. Rashford could explore a bit more up the pitch. Obviously, it's the first time Rashford's played down the middle for a while as well in that in that first half. Um, but do you think that this is probably the team that we're going to see from Ten Hag now? Obviously, Casemiro was obviously showing off before the game. Actually, is, was that a good sign, do you think? Good signing for United, that, Casemiro? Still on paper, sure. yeah. On paper, yes, but is it, it to me Casemiro is the same sort of level as like Angel de Maria signing, and the same as Varane signing. You know, I know they come from Real Madrid, so also twenty nine thirty, which for me, I'm not sure. I, like on paper, like I say, yeah, but I know Paul Merson comes out with a lot of crap, but like, he did say Saturday, he said, "Why is he going to Man United?" And I do sort of agree. I know he'll be paid bucket loads. I think unless, I don't know if you guys agree, but unless they bring someone else alongside him, I can only see him going one way, and that's declining rather than making an impact in the team, just like everyone else. But I don't know if you guys sort think of think him, about him, that. Him holding will, will help them, and it's 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 a good signing, but they've got to follow it up with more in this window because mm-hmm. signing <laughs> signing Casemiro just papers over the cracks of the problems in that team. Their their fullbacks, bearing in mind, Malassia played really well tonight. But their fullbacks aren't good enough. Yeah. Their, their midfield is good in terms of Ericsson, great ball player, great creator. Fernandez, when he's not being a twat and diving all around and 
So I had to get that in because that was pathetic at parts tonight. Yeah. But and then he, he, but, he knew it all. He knew that was pathetic. That's the there, there was three in the space of about five minutes. He had to dive for the penalty when Salah scored, not giving the ball back. And then there was one where somebody just held him off. The, I think it was Fabinho, just held him off the ball, and he like went down and like touched his eyelid. But <laughs> it, Casemiro holding behind Fernandez and Eriksen could work really well. But yeah. they still need more. It just papers over the cracks of what they need. It's, it's a great start, but they need to follow it up. Why did they? Uh, what I won't get, guys, is how they would think of going for Rab. I know in terms of availability, but like, how the hell would they think still for Rabio first before Casemiro? I just don't get the strategy there. I just don't get it in my head. Apart from Rabio being available, I just don't in, get le- it. Unless somebody's gone to them and said, "Look, Casemiro could be available. Why don't you yeah. get a try?" It's <laughs> like it's like the the Fafana thing with Leicester. They, they said he was untouchable, and then suddenly, well, if the right offer was there, they'd take it. It's the same with that, I'd imagine. Yeah, I don't. It doesn't look like Casemiro was on United's recruitment plan at the start of the window. I think we would have heard about it a lot before, because obviously it was only Friday when we did our last pod that we kind of even heard about the Casemiro deal. So it hasn't yeah. really been spoke about at all. Um, so obviously Liverpool have had their injury problems uh, since the start of the season. Was that? That one of their weaknesses tonight. Do you think like they need to? They've said that they're not going to invest much more in this window, but with the likes of uh, even Naby Keita wanting to leave now, obviously Thiago out. Do you think they need to buy somebody in this window? We said Friday, didn't we? Like their midfield is lacking, and yeah. is Harvey Elliott a centre midfielder? I thought well, I he was a winger. He was at, at Blackburn. He played on the wing, didn't he? Oh, that's, yeah. that's what I thought yeah. it was. Yeah, he's played more essential for Liverpool. He plays that sort of like eight um, into the ten. He's always sort of been, been in that position for them. It's a difficult one with Liverpool. I, I just think to replace Nunes with Manny, it's like, I don't know. I, don't, I, I think they're a tired team. I, I think many last season, you've got to remember, everyone was going on about them going for the four trophies. Four trophies, four trophies, four trophies, four trophies. And the main two we didn't get. You can see they bolted it or whatever, but they didn't get them. So they ran out of steam. Like Manny couldn't do any more Liverpool. He wanted to leave Burnout. It needs a bit of a refresh. And I know this may be a bit drastic, but you think of Klopp's last year at Borussia when they were like in the bottom three for like a large part of the first half of that season. The team just got burnt out. You just feel this Liverpool team, have they reached that peak? And I know it's very early in the season, but you just sort of feel that way. Salah doesn't look on it. I don't get Salah's positioning at the moment. He's spending too much time out in the wing and not really coming in field enough um, at the moment as well. He just doesn't look quite into it. It might make a difference when Joss is back. I don't know what the time yeah, is. Yeah, I was about to say that. It looks like they are kind of missing missing Jota going through the middle. Because like Firmino, like, you couldn't really feel like he was playing it's tonight. Terrible. Jogging, kind of... to get the ball away, and his decision making was, you know, it was like one time in the first half, all he had to do was play the guy in the left. He played a wee stupid dink pass. Like, uh, I think... that comes from lack of games, I guess. I think Gary Neville called it a couple of years ago that, that Liverpool's front three were so good in their peak. But the biggest problem with them was they were all the same age. So they was always going to get to a point where they were all going to sort of start coming out of their peak. And Salah's probably the only one now that's going to continue it there. Obviously, Mane's gone off to off to Munich. Firmino is not the same player he was a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And now they've got they've got a new front three. Nunes, is he good enough to start straight away? Jury's still out on that one. 
Jota yeah. down the middle with with Diaz on the left could could look good, but Jota's got to stay fit. He doesn't stay fit. He didn't at Wolves really, and he doesn't seem to be doing it at Liverpool. He's had an injury every season. I think it's in need of a, a bit of a refresh. And Liverpool, like everyone can praise Liverpool in the transfer market because they're usually brilliant, but I think they've left it a little too long to refresh that midfield. And I think too too much of their hopes was based on on Curtis Jones and. Elliot to an extent when I'm still not sure that he's an eight. He's, I don't think he's got the defensive awareness to be an eight for this Liverpool team to be at the level yeah. they've been at for so many years. So I, I think, like, like I said on, on Friday, Yuri Tielemans is available for 25 million, even as a stopgap. That could that could be an interesting signing just, just as a stopgap because Mil, Milner proved it tonight. He's not getting any younger. And the minute they get an injury to Fabinho or... Thiago, their midfield starts to look a little bit scarce. Yeah, but can I say that with both teams tonight? That kind of when you look at their benches, obviously, I know you have the likes of Ronaldo and Maguire on United's bench, but it's obviously now, especially with the five subs, squad depth is so necessary. And I say a lot of these teams actually don't really have much in terms of squad depth. You look at the benches tonight, I think Liverpool's bench had something like two Premier League appearances on it. So let me just confirm that. Yeah, because right. obviously bar um, half Fabinho they had obviously had to take, take take Fabinho and Simakas out. They had one, two, three, four, five, six players that have barely had Premier League appearances between them. Nathan Phillips, a few. Um, Fabio Cavallio's had a couple at the start of this season. Other than that, Simakas has had a handful here and there. So you take Fabinho out, you take Adrian out, the goalkeeper. The rest, just nothing. And it, I remember a couple of years ago, Liverpool's bench was not not amazing players, but you had the likes of Shakiri, Origi, Minamino, mm. players that can actually do a bit if if you need mm. them to. Yeah, I think I remember Shakiri coming off the bench at Anfield against Man United and scoring a goal or two. But it's just having that impact off the bench that <laughs> that teams like Liverpool need if they get themselves into this situation, which doesn't happen often. Yeah, so just so obviously, I know it's still obviously early on in the season. Um, obviously, only three games in, but on your instincts now, how do you how do you kind of see the next few games going for both United and Liverpool? I mean, who are who are talking next? I've got Bournemouth and Newcastle the next couple of games at home and Everton away. Liverpool will be fine. I, I like I said at start of the season, Liverpool finished third. Tottenham would break up Man City and Liverpool. Um, they'll be fine. They'll, they'll, they'll hit a patch. Um, well, oh. I, just, I just know what Luke's face was going to be as soon as you said that thing about Spurs then. Oh. So, how was Spurs, Spurs How has everyone called Spurs bottle jobs for 10 years and suddenly they're breaking up Liverpool and City? Come on. Two man. words. Two words. Gail Pesuma. Love them. Who? <laughs> Basuma, he's got to play first. <laughs> oh, well, I, just, I, just love, I just love him. No, oh, he's he's general... an absolute baller, don't get me wrong, but he, he's not even really been on the pitch. I'm, I'm not saying Spurs won't, but I just think, so I just find it funny how Spurs get a bit yeah, of squad it's... depth and, and everyone's like, oh, Spurs are the best thing since sliced bread. 
<laughs> well, I mean, it's not like there's the best days of sliced bread, but I think Liverpool game are worse than what they were last year. I think Chelsea are worse than what they were last year. Um, they have a rebuild. I think, I think Tottenham are going that way. Another two are just sort of stabilising. Have, have, have you watched Spurs yet this season? Getting results. Uh, they play shit on Saturday, but getting results. Um, that's Conte way. Wolves we'll, we'll battered them in the first half. Wolves we'll absolutely battered them. And if they, had, if they had a proven goal scorer, is it they would they would score? Spurs, Spurs will only get better. Trust me. Trust me. Let's let's see when Spurs come up against a good team that have have a referee being a neutral, and then we'll see what happens. But they won't oh. play a good team, Luke, because Cardiff are in the championship. So oh. it's like. They won't, like <laughs> Well, we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Well, let's well let's stay on the let's stay on Spurs and obviously they we're going to go in a slightly different order now. So Spurs <laughs> obviously uh, beat Wolves one nil. You talking Every about you talking about big teams and uh, neutral referees? They are playing Nottingham Forest next, so a big team in themselves there. Um, <laughs> but we keep saying on on this pod that Spurs struggle to get results, and kind of as Zarin kind of just said there. They ground out a result there and say a good goal by Harry Kane. They were good in the second half, or they were better. They were better in the second half. The first half, they were awful. Yeah, like, they, shocking. They, they never come out the tunnel in that first half. In the second half, they were better. I just think pe- people just getting really far ahead of themselves with, with Spurs. And don't get me wrong, I think I, I said it before the season started, they'll be in the top four. But I just think it's three games. Let's, let's just see how it pans out a little bit. Yeah, you're writing off serial winners in Liverpool. Liverpool are winners. Oh, yeah, all right, they, they bottled the well, they you can call it bottling the Champions League and the Premier League. They got winners throughout that team. Chelsea, they've got winners through that team. You win a trophy pretty much every season, you've got cup finals everywhere. And I'm not saying we're going to be in the top four, but. You, you can't write that sort of thing off. Arsenal, look at the way Arsenal started. It's three games in, but you can't write them off. I just, I, I think it's going to... Look at Man United tonight. Are they back mm. in the picture? It's three games in. People are ruling United out after three games. Well, that's do, the, does that you, mean after a good performance, do you rule them back in? Well, that's the You can't rule United out if you're not ruling Liverpool out after three games. You know what Exactly. I mean? And this, this is what I mean is I think people, people are so reactionary... And Twitter is the worst place in the world for that. I think you've just got to pan it out. Go with your predictions from early in the season. And Aaron, if you believe Spurs are going to be in the top four, that's your opinion. If I believe they're not, then, but I do. I think they'll be in the top four. But I don't think they'll break up Liverpool and City. I still think Liverpool will be second. People have just got to like chill out. It's a bit too reactionary sometimes, in my opinion. I agree with you. But what I will say about Tottenham, I know it's the other days, and they weren't great first against Chelsea. One thing I think Chelsea are and and Liverpool are defensively soft. I just think they're quite soft teams that can get a bit bullied, um, and that's not I'm not talking about the back four. I just mean them as like a, as like an actual unit. And I just think we're caught. I mean, Conte is really the reason. I I, I think it's just brilliant. Um, and yeah, generally. But I also feel like on the Arsenal, talking about Arsenal, if he's just gets injured, they're fucked. Generally fucked. Arsenal up front. He's he's like. He's that much of an impact that they need to get another striker in because if they don't, he's just captain all games. Like so, yeah. they, over the course of season, they're, they're going to burn out like they did last season. I think Tom can afford to lose Harry Kane and so on. Like you know, the, one of them. Over I think definitely. Bit, really yeah, so, I think definitely one of them they could they could lose now. Obviously, 
that's the thing. I mean, Luke have said in every pod we've done so far this season that that you can't get a backup striker for less than twenty million pounds, and they've spent sixty million on Richarlison, and he can slot in if one of those two do get injured. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but obviously Harry Kane scored his two hundred and fiftieth uh, Spurs goal. He's now what is it, eighty-five goals behind that Alan Shearer's record. Now, do we see him breaking it? It's going to be hard. That's yeah, that's twenty tough. that's twenty twenty-one goals and a bit four seasons on the bounce. Yeah. yeah. Also, VAR. VAR actually comes into that as well. You know, if I think of the goals that he can score and play VAR, VAR will rule out like with penalties and stuff as well. I, I don't know. I think that is asking a lot. How old is he now? Is he 30, 29? How old is he? I think he's 28, is he? 28. The, the other thing that could go against him is, let's be honest, Conte's not going to be there four or five years. He, he's never anywhere that long. Is if yeah. he starts to drop back with future managers, sort of yeah. a bit like what Rooney did. Because yeah. if Rooney would have stayed for the last three years of his career as a nine, he could have broke Shearer's record. Yeah. Whoa. Very controversial tonight, look, I think. <laughs> he was he was only I think he was like fifty two off, weren't he? So oh, fair enough, think he fair played enough. he played he played the last two or three years at United as more of a ten or an eight. He played yeah. holding midfield for Everton for a season. Mm. Yeah. I am liking this debate tonight. Also as much <laughs> as I'm liking, I've just turned around um to have a look at the Sky Sports coverage and Stormzy was stood next to Roy Keane being interviewed by uh Gary Neville, and that's not something you see on the screens every day of the week. <laughs> um, so, no, as we're in uh, a debating mood, I wait for I wait for Luke to come back and join us. I think you I think you've uh, you've rattled him a little bit already, Aaron. Um, but obviously, yourself, Aaron, you're living in Leeds. You're based in Leeds, and Luke, Chelsea fan. Uh, who wants to start talking about the? The Chelsea Leeds game from from yesterday. Do you want me to take a look? Go for it, mate. I think I'm pretty sure we're going to say the same thing for once. Um, do you know what? I'm not. What I'm going to say is, like, it's buzzing here. Absolutely buzzing. Um, that that that's what I'll say. I, I think for me, the, the biggest like surprise of the season so far. I know it's only three games. Is Rodrigo top scorer in the league? Played with full confidence. Uh, He's a guy that last season was such a scapegoat for the fans, completely a scapegoat, and he's brilliant. Um, I think we talk about Chelsea, talk about Mendy, and I'm sure, Luke, I'd rather, probably better for you to chat about that side of things, but from Leeds' side of things, you know, what, what Jesse Marsh is doing with his signings, at least could have asked for a better start, you know, okay, through through me a 2 old lead against Southampton, but, you know, very, very positive. And I'm actually pleasantly surprised, because I, I thought they would struggle. They just look like they've got fight in them this season, don't they? And it's kind of, yeah, it just kind of feels weird that obviously Bielsa didn't get that out of that team. And as you kind of said, that like Rodrigo more of like a Bielsa-style sort of player. Yet Jesse Marsh has come in and he's kind of, he's had the summer, he's recruited quite well and they seem to have found their found their feet. I know it's obviously early on, but it just seemed like they've got a bit of team spirit there already, which... It's actually quite good to see for a change, isn't it? Really, definitely. I think I think they, the thing that Leeds are going to always do is they're going to pressure, they're going to harass you, and they're going to have tons and tons of energy because that's the players they've got. And I, I just think they were brilliant yesterday. Everyone can say what they like about Chelsea, and I, th- I think they'd have probably beat most teams in the league playing the way they played yesterday. The the pressing, 
they were all on point. They were all pressing together. And when a team presses together in the right way, it's so hard to get out of that. And I, I think they were brilliant. And I'd love to rip into Chelsea right now, but you just can't take away the, the brilliance of Leeds by saying how bad Chelsea were because it, it sort of takes away a little bit from, from how good Leeds were. I think the, the Mendy era, that's been coming for a while. Like The amount of times he, he looks so uncomfortable with the ball at his feet. He cost us a penalty against West Ham by doing a similar thing last year. And he's a good goalkeeper. He's a good shot stopper. But I think he's too comfortable like knowing he's the number one. I think mm-hmm. he needs some sturdy competition. But you, you, we can't have everything in one window. And most rational Chelsea fans know there's a bit of a project going on. But we, we've, still, we've still got enough. But yeah, I just, I just think Leeds were brilliant. And the thing is, the Mendy goal gifted them energy because it got mm. the fans riled up. And then they scored so soon. Once you're 2-0 down to Leeds at their place when their fans are in the mood that they were in, you're not coming back from it. And then yeah. you, you get to the 60th minute or the 70th minute and you see Ziyech and Pulisic coming on who are renowned for being two of the people that want out of the club this summer and that just gives you no hope. Just, I'd, I'd much rather have them chucked a couple of youngsters on that actually want to play for the club than Ziyech who flew straight to Amsterdam afterwards. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. When you kind of look at Chelsea's bench, obviously you've got Kepa in goal, um, who, who looked like he was going to be leaving the club at some point soon. As you say, Pulisic, Ziyech, Hudson-Odoi. It doesn't actually look like Chelsea's bench really want to be there at all, do they? Well, I think the problem is we've got so many players at the club that don't want to be there. That you've just got a... You, you haven't really got a choice but to put some of them on the bench if you want to name a squad. And yeah. there's a lot of players who, A, don't want to be there, but there's also a lot of players that the manager and the, and the board don't want at the club as well. But you can't get rid of everyone in, in one summer because that would just be a massive rebuild. It's just, yeah. it's, well, it's going to be a bit, I think it's going to be a bit like this this season for us, but I'm still pretty confident we'll, we'll get top four. It, obviously, obviously, I know we're not trying to take too much away from Leeds, but when you kind of look at that performance yesterday, do you, is Fafana still your number one target to get, or do you think you should maybe focus on someone more forward playing up the field? I don't think it's the attack that's the problem. It's not. It's the it's the midfield. It's the playing the and it's the playing the players in the right position. It's having creativity. What I don't get is we we were brilliant against Spurs last week, and he just he completely changed the way we played in terms of the formation. Like Mason Mount, it's not a right winger. Don't play him as a right winger. He played sort of like a left eight against Spurs and was brilliant. Yeah. But just I just don't understand the thought process sometimes. Yeah. Um just, yeah. obviously going back to Leeds then, because we just finished on Leeds whilst we're talking about this game. Obviously, you spoke about Rodrigo. Um, it kind of looks at the start of the season that that's an area of the pitch where Leeds had to strengthen even more. Obviously, you don't want to rely on Bamford. We weren't expecting Rodrigo to kind of start the way he has. Can you kind of see any more inbound signings for for Leeds, Aaron? Or do you think that they've kind of got a, a good enough squad to get them through this season now, or at least until January? Mm, I, I think this is straight with whether Aaron's hot. And the, I, I did still bring in another centre forward uh, if I was them. Uh, Bamford's a liability in terms of his fitness, and Rodrigo's going for a purple patch. And I know they've got Gail Hart as well, but I know they've started well, Leeds, but you saw last season how quickly things could fall off. Um, yeah. I was. 
we've seen teams have good starts before. I still think they need a bit more squad depth. I guess also the key, and I don't know how likely this is to happen, but obviously Newcastle are in for Jack Harrison. Uh, they've been in for him for weeks. Um, put a further inquiry in today. And I, th- I, I, I think he was under the radar. I think he's a very good player. And so, so key for them. Remember, we did our um, players to watch, uh, Jack, didn't we, at the start of the season? Yeah. And, I, and I pointed out him. Scored a, scored a good goals on, on Sunday. Um, Do you, obviously, I mean, the Ismail Assar deal to Aston Villa obviously went went under. Obviously, yeah. Leeds were linked with him as well. Can you see, do you think a player like him would improve that that forward line? Yeah, because I, you've got to look at it over like a season and not just like a first 11, especially with the five subs. Subs are so important. Um, and rotations key. Also, you've got to bear in mind there's with the World Cup coming up, there's, I mean, you guys probably know more than me, but there's going to be so many more midweek fixtures. Um, so, rotation is key. So, they definitely need some squad depth in there, um, especially in the wing. I mean, Sar, he's one of them players that's too good for the championship. I don't, not convinced him in the Premier League. Um, he's one of them sort of guys. But he's still young, so I'm, I'm sure he'll prove me wrong and do well in the Premier League. But yeah, if they, they have enough winger, goals. The Leeds have enough goals in their team across the season. I know Rodrigo's in a bit of a purple patch, but do they have enough goals? Because Harrison's not a massive goal scorer. Aronson isn't a massive goal scorer. Dan James certainly isn't. Like where 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 do the goals come from? Especially when you've got obviously Paddy Bamford out injured for most parts of the season as well. He's made a twig these days. It's such a shame because he's such a good finisher. Yeah. I, mean, I, I, well, I just the thing is Le- Leeds were, were brilliant yesterday and I don't want to take away from it but over the course of the season do they do they have the goals in that squad Aaron you know better than us like I might be chatting complete rubbish no you're you, not you, you're not you're not they, they, they're but the, especially with Rodrigo up front he's not a nine out striker so you're going to have players like chipping in and do you know what I, I, at the moment they're doing all right I can see. I can see what you mean, um, but I, th- I think I guess I guess the top teams they're always going to be a threat. I, 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 one thing they've got pace. They've got pace, and I think if you got pace in the Premier League, you always got a chance. And I also think that Gelhar, this is you know a big year for him. Sort of breaking really good player, really good player. Yeah, breakthrough last year, super sub coming on, running about, and you know because these weren't doing well, it's easy to just run about and oh, who's this kid? Is put an effort in. But I feel this year is a real chance for him, especially if Bamford's not going to be fit. Yeah. Um, or you got to remember, I can't remember who it was against. It was against Walford. It was Jesse Marsh's first win. The, or it was Norwich, sorry. Norwich, last minute, 93rd minute, Gail Hart's goal. That was the goal that kept Leeds up. Leeds would be in the championship if uh, if he didn't get that goal. Um, so you got to remember that. I think for Gail Hart, it's a, it's a big year. They probably do need to strength. They probably need a bit more experience, to be honest. Um, you know, in the It's rise. exciting, though, isn't it, their team? It's be- really exciting. And, and, and I've made that boy Adams. I, I made that boy Adams in a, in a news agent. I didn't actually know it was him. Yeah, yeah, they know it's just some American guy talking. So I was like, oh, you decide, you, you've decided for Leeds. And yeah, I was like, all right, okay, nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a, something I was going to come on to when we talked to the Arsenal game, but Leeds sort of fall in the same bracket. It's, uh, this is a personal opinion. I'd be interested to see what you two think. But mm-hmm. I actually think sometimes it can be a problem starting a season well. Yeah. It can paper over the cracks. Whereas like West Ham, for example, starting the season with three losses, they know what the problems are. They've got time in the window to fix that. Same with Leicester, same with other teams. Sometimes, yeah. So Leeds having this great start, 
They would go, oh, we don't need to replace Bamford. We've got Rodrigo. Do you, do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. That's why I said straight with Aaron Top. They, they could do with a bit more experience, one up top. And potentially even a centre half. You know, I just think obviously Leeds yeah. fall in that bracket as as well as say like the like Everton and Forest, Fulham, Bournemouth. Like a lot of those teams are getting linked to the same players. Yeah. So you need to be fast thinking if you want to get any of these players when they come available. Like obviously we spoke on Friday about Forest signing Gibbs White. Everton had a bid for him as soon as he was having his medical at Forest. So it just seems like every time players come available like Jao Pedro now going to Newcastle these players come available and then they're getting snapped up straight away so you need to be in the market now if you want to kind of strengthen these squads yeah they need yeah. deals start needs to go a bit more like the Danny Ings one last year didn't they you want them to be quiet you want your team to come out of nowhere yeah yeah so um, let's obviously move on to uh, one of the other games of, of Super Sunday and that was the Newcastle Man City game. Um, I don't think I expected a tight game. Um, was it so tight? It's a really entertaining game to watch, especially as a neutral. That game it kind of made Man City's football look a bit more entertaining yesterday with kind of what Newcastle threw at them. Yeah, it was for what I saw of it. I, I mean, I, Newcastle's always a tough place to go, and they're, they're a different animal. Now, um, but Man City still should have, should have won the game, you know, even a 3 1. You know, I just felt that we could have up to a little bit more, but I mean, I mean, I think, I think Callum Wilson, like, if Newcastle keep him fit, I mean, he, for one, he's got to go as a second striker for England. Um, you know, Newcastle could finish quite high if it's Callum Wilson. He's so key. I, I just think mm. he goes under the it's because he's so injury prone. And he's a threat for everyone. You know, he, he was brilliant, especially in that first half. Um, you know, it's, it's a good resu- it's a good result for Newcastle, despite throwing away a two-goal lead. But, um, it, did yeah, kind of, it did kind of games. feel like it was a game of two halves yesterday, in a, in a way. Yeah. Or especially a game up until probably Haaland's goal. Um, Newcastle, yeah, very strong in the first half. Um, they just seem to be on the front foot for a lot of the, of probably ever, ever since kind of Gundogan scored probably you'd say. Um, Almirón looked looked a better player yesterday. Obviously, probably bright timing for a goal for him. And then, as you say, I think if you keep Callum Wilson fit, and I say a lot of the Newcastle fans I speak to think that Callum Wilson should be knocking on Southgate's door come come the World Cup. Luke, you kind of had that opinion before as well. Um, couldn't agree more. Yeah, how, if how he's does, fit, how does he stay fit? That's the only problem you've got with a player like that, him. That's the problem, isn't it? It's it's an if and how, but it's not just be fit for the World Cup. It's he's got to stay fit between now and then, and continue to play well and score goals because that's what he does. He's such a good fit. that goal yesterday. He took it so well. He's, he's he's a brilliant finisher, and he's just different to everybody else. I love Tammy Abraham. I like Ollie Watkins, I like Calvert-Lewin, but he just gives you that different edge. But I, I would take Wilson along with Abraham as a, as both to play backups to uh, to Harry Kane. But sorry, can I just interrupt quick? I've just seen Klopp's post-match, and I know he's he's won for for a bit of controversy, but this is this is mad by his standards. We should have won this game. I know it sounds ridiculous, but that is how it is. <laughs> 
Boys, I said that. Come on. He obviously wasn't watching the game, was he? Um, was, yeah. Fuck's sake. <laughs> yeah. I, I find it so hard to like that bloke. He doesn't, you it's know, a, when, he, when he first came, he kind of had that charisma and he was a good, yeah, he was a good bit of banter about him. Something a bit different. But now you just think, he just turned into a bit of a prick. Yeah, definitely. Thing is, it's annoying because I like, I like the way when they play well. I like the way Liverpool play, and obviously that's down to him. But he's just so hard to like these days, in my opinion, because he always comes out with some crap like that. Yeah, well, the thing is, we kind of seen kind of excuses come from managers over this weekend, and obviously, I know we're touching back on the Chelsea Chelsea Leeds game, but Tuchel after the game blaming the mode of transport as part of the reasons why. They lost. Do you think it is just getting into a bit of like a blame culture with a lot of the managers now? I don't. I don't know the what the I didn't actually listen to it. But I read it afterwards. But the way I read it wasn't he he wasn't blaming that on the result. But I think I don't really know how it come up in conversation. But it's just pathetic. Just leave it. Like, why do you need to say about it? it I mean, we can, we kind of always say as like I said earlier about the, the Twitter thing. But it's always the way the media kind of cuts it to look like. But yeah, I think. I just think it just doesn't few... need to be said, regardless. Unless somebody's asked him, "How did you get to the game?" You didn't. You didn't need to say yeah. about it. It's just, yeah, you don't need to say you got there. the coach up and you had playing problems. No. Do you, know, do you know what I wish? I wish that it weren't all about media training and stuff like that. And managers, players, whoever comes out and does the post matches, they were just honest. You hear passion and honest honesty about what's just happened. Chelsea was shit. Just admit it. Yeah. Leeds were excellent. Just admit it. Don't don't start making excuses, man. You were brilliant tonight. Don't start making excuses. I I, I know. Obviously, I've seen this from like a biased view, but I just listen to Steve Cooper after games, and that is kind of the way he talks after games. Is is kind of what you just said there. Uh, there isn't really excuses. You just say, yeah, we just weren't good enough today. We know what we need to work on. We know what we need to improve, and that's we just need to get on with it now. Um. But yeah, so let's just kind of finish off. Uh, just finish off on the Newcastle Man City game, then we'll just take a quick break. Um, we can't not talk about Kieran Trippier's free kick. What a what, what a finish! I'm not if you boy or not. Have you seen it? Oh mate, you haven't seen it. I sound like Vito here. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna bring it up. Honestly, like um because. Who was it? Yeah, I was, I was up in Glasgow. So I've, I've had no time to watch. Like, so I've watched the quick highlights. But let so me what, get, so what get gonna, yourself on YouTube now and watch it. So what we're going right. to do is we're going to we're going to take a quick break, and then after this, <laughs> when we come back to the second watch half, right Alan, watch it right it's it's like a it's like a what happened next. You'll find out after the break. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so after this after this short pause for half time, Aaron will give you his reaction to Kieran Trippier's free kick. We'll see you after the break. Oh, that was nice. Yeah, very nice. Very nice. So, second half has begun. Uh, Aaron, what did you make of Trippier's free kick? 
Yeah, it hit it well. But only thing is, it's goalie side. I don't know. I don't know if Essex could have maybe done better. I don't. I, I like. I don't. I don't, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think you can take it away from him. That free kick. No, nah, free kick. I just don't like free kicks that go to the goalkeeper side. I just. I don't know. Something doesn't look aesthetically pleasing with it. I mean, it's a fantastic strike. Uh, and I didn't actually expect that because because before looking at it, because Edison was so far over, I just thought he was going to go the other side. But the fact he went the keeper side, yeah, it's um... now now who's being controversial? Keeper's fault. Come <laughs> off it, mate. That is an absolute worldie. Yeah, uh, but like if it's David the Gear and goal, they'd probably say, "Oh, it's a, it's a holder." Do you know what I mean? Um, so kind yeah. of like say staying with Trippier. So there's kind of two things I kind of just want to mention before we move on. Um, do you think it was a sending off, personally? No. Aaron, have you seen it? <laughs> no point asking Aaron. <laughs> um, <laughs> as I said, boys, I've actually just watched the highlights now as I'm speaking to you. I've seen Dark <laughs> Devils go and Hallers go. You can ask me about them. <laughs> no, no, I don't think it was a red. I think it was just a, it was a yellow card on the counter-attack. Like, you see them all the time. But Trippier yeah. said in his post-match, I want to win the game. I know, I know Man City were upset, but... Newcastle were there to win a game of football. It's not all about the big teams. And Trippy had done what any person would have done in his position. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I, when I kind of saw it live, I didn't think it was a, I didn't think it was a red either. Um, and then finally, just on Trippy, do you think if he carries on this vein of form, like he's kind of been consistent towards the end of last season, he started this season well again. Does he make himself first choice right back? For England or right wing back for for England? I don't I don't know about first choice, but he, he's going to be on the plane. You know, we know we know how much old Gareth loves a right back, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I don't I don't think he's going to be first choice. Well, that's the thing. Like, if we're thinking about obviously we spoke about Trent earlier, you've always kind of said that Reece James can fit in more of that that right centre back role. Does it leave it open for for Trippier though? I, I, it does. I don't. I'll be interested because Southgate's got a couple of ways he can go around it. Because if we play a four, I, I don't think there's any debate that it'll be Carl Walker. Um, but if we do play a three with a wing back, then he can play Walker as the centre back, and then Trippier or James as the wing back. Or Especially because he can, can play, play on the left as well. Exactly, and he can play James as the centre back and um, Trippier as a wing back. So if or, or Trent, it, it'd be interesting to see how he goes about it. Um, I don't think Trippier will start on the right. He may start on the left because Luke Shaw's poor at the minute. Chilwell's still not quite got his fitness back. I think if he does, then he's probably going to be number one because there's there's just no standout candidates really on that left-hand side. Yeah, yeah. I think Trippier will go, but I think it'll be on that side if he starts. Yeah, yeah. Um, so still so many games we need to get through we're not going to go through all of them in as much detail as we've gone again here obviously we don't even know if Aaron's watched any of the games so it'll be hard to no. get analysis from it but... no, no, it's okay I have I have I have it's just uh, Super Sunday wasn't great for me uh, especially the, the later game it's typical because that was the game of the weekend as well um, but we are just going to stick with Sunday and um, we'll see West Ham lost 2-0 to Brighton Another solid performance from from Brighton, Luke. Yeah, definitely. I think when we uh, when we done the last pod, we said that um, Brighton seemed to be a bit of a, a bogey side for West Ham, and and that come come through again. I think Brighton just a, they're just brilliant, aren't they? Potter 
such a good coach. The way he's got that team working, any new players seem to just fit in. I think the new left back Estepinian come on, and even he just slotted straight in. And I, I think they're a really good side. I'm wondering where they're going to get their goals from consistently, but at the minute they seem to be finding a way. Yeah, because that's the thing. Like they, they obviously have given Danny Welbeck a new contract this weekend. Um, they're playing a lot of the similar side that they've they kind of played last season. It doesn't even look like they're looking to even really strengthen their squad. You don't really it's see them linked. You don't really see them linked with many players either, do you? So, do you think Potter's content with his squad now? They do a really good thing when they, when they sign a player, loan them to Argentina or Spain or something, let them develop for a year or two, and then they sell their developed player, and then another guy comes in and does well. Just like I said, it was different class. Different class. And that's what two players that surprised me that's still going. A Pascal Gross to Solly March. Solly March for me is somebody that is a bit of a nothing footballer for Premier League level. I just think like, but he just sort of runs about, puts the dirty work in. But I think he started the season really well. Um, been a bit more creative. And Pascal Gross has actually been a really key figure in the middle of the park. Breaks things up nicely. Um, thought he sort of ran out of legs like last season and stuff, but They've got a really good squad. They, they, like you said, this well-drilled. And Danny Welbeck looks like a monster this season, just physically. just mm. looks great. If he could finish, if Danny Welbeck was like a number 10 or something, he'd be different class. It's just a bad place up top, he just can't finish. I, I don't think um, Lalana gets enough credit either. I think he plays he plays a really pivotal role in that in that centre midfield for Brighton as well. Um, mm. Touching on Solly March, really pissed me off that he's changed his squad number this year because... He's, he's he used to be March twenty, and it's my birthday. And it, pissed <laughs> that, it just pissed me off that he's changed his um his squad number this year. Well, there you go. Um, so then touching on West Ham, um, we kind of spoke about this on on Friday, Luke. We just they haven't made too many changes during during the summer, and we kind of said that we thought their team was looking stagnant, and it kind of showed again yesterday. Yeah, Moyes is just too stuck in his ways. He likes to give a new sign in a month, six weeks in training, bring him off the bench here and there before before he'll put a new signing in. In well, apart from the centre back, obviously. But Skamaka and Corne, I, I just don't understand why he's not put them in yet. Like they they played really well from from what I've heard in the, in the European game last week. Just just put them in. It's just fresh. And if they, if they're not completely match fit, then take them off after sixty. That's why you got five subs. But I just don't understand why they're going with their same eleven. It's clearly not working. Whether they've been found out or whatever it may be, it's just it's just yeah. clearly not working for them at the moment. And I know the... they're going to continue to strengthen in this window, which is necessary. Yeah, because that's the thing. You look at it, and they say they didn't bring on Corner until the seventy fourth minute when they were already two 0 down. So it kind of makes it a bit harder for that sub to kind of even make an impact. But you kind of just feel like maybe Mikel Antonio is kind of running out of steam now. Obviously, I know he's he's not old in comparison to a lot of players, but is he kind of has he been found out as well? Do you think? He's not a striker. Not a striker, really. Like honestly, he hasn't scored a goal what since what January in the Premier League. Mark, like I thought it was ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Uh, he's not a centre forward. He's not a centre forward. Uh, or if you're going to play on top, he needs to play alongside someone. He he uh, done a great job for a couple of years, didn't he? But yeah. it should, you can just tell he's not a forward. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, 
I've I've seen him when he played for Forest. He's really good down the wing. Came in at West Ham as a as a right back. Um, he's done well for them in that position, as, as you said. But it kind of looks like it's it should be um, Schumacher's time to kind of take over that that forward spot. Um, so let's lead on to on to Saturday's some of Saturday's games. So we're not going to have time to go through all of them. Luke, I know that you've been really impressed with Crystal Palace this season and another impressive performance again on Saturday against Villa. You kind of said to me kind of before we started that you can you kind of think they could be not the surprise team, but you think they could be up there this season. Yeah, I think they could break into that top ten and maybe that eighth, ninth place. I think I think they're gonna be battling with probably Newcastle, uh maybe Brighton, um I don't know who else would be up there. Obviously, I think taking away the normal top six, Leeds could be up there. They can mm. continue the way they're going. I think it's going to be an interesting battle. Um, I think I think they've got a lot. I worry about when they come up against the bigger size defensively. Mm. Um, but going forward, they're just really exciting. And once they get Michael Elise back, they'll be they'll be even even more more exciting to watch. I think. And just Eberese is just incredible. Yeah, yeah. No, it seems like since he's come back in, say, so I know he struggled with injury towards the end of last season, but he's come back and he's been looking strong. Um, from the kind of the Villa point of view, I think I've, I've been seeing say a lot of the fans are kind of a bit worried, especially with Coutinho now as well. They kind of feel like it could be an Everton and James Rodriguez sort of sort of way. Um, do you have any thoughts on on Villa, Aaron? Do you think that? Do you think it's Gerard? Do you think it's the team? What what kind of things kind of going wrong? So they didn't really finish strong towards the end of last season either. Villa. The way I would describe Villa is that they're the perfect team to go as a football manager or like FIFA. We've got all these great players. I think all oh, they're going to be good players, but I, I, I still think that they gel together. You know what? I think of Steven Gerrard. He's not a good manager at all. He's he's honestly not a good manager. He's not a good manager. Like he, he had that Michael Beale, who was a great coach. His right-hand man, who's last in the summer. And Gerard's getting found out. He's getting found out. There's, he got lucky against Everton. Everton should have had to draw out of it. You actually look at it and you just think, it's a little bit like the Man United approach that like you've been with Solskjaer. Just go out there and hope for some individual brilliance or a little bit of skill to get you over the line. Um, I don't see where continue actually fitness, really. Um, I, I, I just don't know what, what they're actually trying to do. And I think... If you can get on top of Villa, they're quite easy team to crumble, and that's the issue. It, just, it like, kind of looks like obviously Coutinho coming in has kind of yeah. has kind of blew out the candle of Buendia because you kind of thought that they could base their team around Buendia a bit more, and it kind of seems like he's just kind of been pushed to the side a little bit. They're not playing in the right position, like at Norwich, you played in the, as a Raymond fielder, but not as an out and out right winger. He like plays sort of inside right. Sort of that free roll on the right hand side and sort of playing between the lines. And one, he's not had a run of games. And two, he's not really played in this position, you know, playing out in the left, playing sort of in, in the 10. I don't know, exactly. I, I really like Bundia, but I, I don't think they've really played to his strengths. But to be fair, it's a Gerard, it's not what it has signing. So, yeah. you know, look, at, look at their squad, and it's just, it's so contradicting throughout. Yeah. Look at the look at the attackers, for example. So you've got um Ings, Buendia, Watkins, yeah. uh 
Bailey. Coutinho, Bailey. Like, they're all so different. Ings is a, I want it in behind or I want I want to be a poacher. Ollie Watkins is a Jamie Vardy, yes. Run the channels, I'll press, I'll poach. And then the wingers, like Coutinho and Buendia are both sort of playmakers. And then Bailey's more of an inverted winger. It's just, I know they're not all Gerard signings, but you, you'd think that you'd see a bit more identity out of Villa by now. But I just don't, I just don't see what he's trying to do there. Like I know, I know there's a lot of players that aren't his. I just, I just don't understand what he's trying to do and why he hasn't got rid of some of the players that he clearly doesn't want there. Yeah. That's the problem. That's the problem because you, you don't know what he's trying to do. You see, if you didn't know what he's trying to do, be like when Arteta was in Arsenal at first, it's like you can see what he's trying to do. You don't have a clue what Gerard's trying to do. I think I was talking about, and I hate Gerard Lampard being compared as managers as well because it's completely different to players. But it's like Lampard gets all this stick. But really, like, Gerard gets everything sort of spoon-fed to him, and he's just not good enough. Just not good enough. Uh, every, everyone bangs on about Gerard, like, he's a lot better than Lampard. But looking at what they've both done, they're, they're on an even par. I think it's only because, obviously, Gerard won something at Rangers, and obviously Lampard, he didn't... Does, does, but... Lampard, does Lampard win the league with Rangers as well, though? Yeah, exactly. oh, who's, who's got who's got more of an identity as a manager? There you go. There's a question. Who's got more of an identity? I I think well, like I said, Jerry's the luckiest guy in football. I've said this many times, guys. He was going to get sacked um, at Rangers, and COVID happened, and the season got cut short. And then it came back with no fans. Rangers did great. Celtic crumbled without fans. That's said in a nutshell. No pressure, did it? So he took advantage of our. Of the world situation, blah blah blah, and, and they won the league. At least Lampard got to a playoff final with Derby and he actually developed players, he, and you knew what he's trying to do. I agree with you, Louis. I think Lampard's got more about him. And he's shown that he can tactically adapt. And he knows that like, my players can't play this way. We're just going to play look, look at what he did at Everton last season. The first couple of games he tried to play at the back, gone, oh, that's not going to yeah. work. Went direct yeah. for the rest of the season to keep him in the league. Like you say, he got Derby to the playoffs. He built a Champions League winning squad at Chelsea. Okay, he wasn't the manager who saw it through. But he still built that squad. That was entirely his squad that he built, he developed, he coached them. And it yeah. frustrates me when people say that he's not a good manager. Okay, it didn't end well at Chelsea, but if he was at Chelsea under the current owners, I guarantee you he'd have got more time. And God knows what he'd have done with that. But at the end of the day, you're not going to turn down that job. If Cardiff come to you tomorrow or, Vill- or Forest come to you, you're not going to turn down the job, are you? It's the club that you love. So yeah. he's done it. He's- All right, it didn't go well. I can almost guarantee you in 10, 15 years' time, if we're talking about who's the better manager, we'll be talking about Frank Lampard. But these two are both spoken about in the media so much. They're so overhyped as managers. They Mm. were great players, but you've got to forget it now. It's got to be the the English managers, the young English managers that are coming through that are great, are Graham Potter and Eddie Howe. And them two don't get spoken about enough compared to the fact that we speak about Lampard and Gerrard all the time. And you've brought Scott Parker in that mix as well. Honestly, he's too busy spending £1,600 on a bloody cardigan. <laughs> well, on the opposite side, I think you can include Steve Cooper in the... Yep. Oh, and... well, he's, not English, well, he's not English, he's, that's why I didn't include him. Well, he's well, British then, British. The other reason Steve Cooper gets, you know, sort of praising all that is because his dad was a referee. So there you go. <laughs> so there you go. I'm not doing... <laughs> I'm not going to 
I'm not going to nibble at any Aaron bait tonight, thank you. Um, it's, it's too late on a Monday night for that. Um, but yeah, we, just, we, are, so we are going to finish uh, in a sec. We'll just we'll just kind of gloss over the Forest-Everton game. Um, Arsenal! Uh, yeah, we've, we'll, we'll end on Arsenal, Aaron. Come on, don't get stuff ahead of yourself now. You haven't been on a pod for a while. Now you take control. Coming in here, shout, shouting his orders. I know, exactly. He doesn't even watch half the games. Uh, <laughs> as soon as he cry over Cardiff losing to Bristol City that's why anyway. uh, but yeah so uh, Everton Premier Forest, League pod mate sorry <laughs> exactly and I can say that now as well um, so talking of Premier League Nottingham Forest uh, an underwhelming yep. performance from, from Forest and for much of the game Damari Gray had a really good game for Everton I thought he, I think he was their bright spark throughout that game it looks like if he can one again stay fit and two if Everton can base a bit more of the team around him instead of kind of focusing on Anthony Gordon, I kind of feel like they can make some some good moves. Um, so yeah, late drama there with two goals. Um, Fulham, Fulham three, Brentford two. Any thoughts on that game? I know just getting through it quickly now, but good game, really good game. I think Fulham have surprised a few, I think, haven't they? Yeah, I I mean, they've, they've, had, they've had the best start out of the three tried. promoted teams, and you wouldn't have thought that when everyone came up, really. No, I, think, awesome. I, I like the manager. I've said it before. I think he'd done a good job at Hull. He was doing a good job at Watford until Everton come sniffing, and then that that ended up ruining him. But I think he's done really well to rebuild with Fulham, and he's doing a good job. Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing is. So Mitrovic on the score sheet again. Obviously, he doesn't score goals in the Premier League. Um, but it looks like say again, I think he's got a point to prove this time round. And he and he, as we said this against after the Liverpool game when they played Liverpool, he, he looks like he's he's up for it. And he's he's put put on a bit more size, and he looks like he's going to be a right handful this season. Um, so we'll be interested to see. Um, Leicester went one up and then again lost that lead. Um, with Che Adam coming on and uh, getting a couple of goals for Southampton. Um, again, we've got to say it's all down to Leicester not really improving their squad. I know they haven't really had the financial availability to do so. Um, but can they use that as an excuse? Because it's still quite a good team on paper at the moment. I think this is very reminiscent of what happened with Rogers leaving Celtic. You can just see it in his demeanor. Um, he's getting... I can I don't know I, I'd be surprised if Rogers sees out the season whether he gets sacked or leaves I don't think he would be a Leicester come the end of the season I, he's that sort of manager I, genuinely I, I, um, I don't think he'll get sacked but I think he might he might walk away at some point I, there might be another job that comes up um, That that's what I think but I mean they signed anyone they signed Alex Smithies didn't they yeah, the goalie was at Cardiff last year um, but apart from that, I haven't said anyone, have they? No. They've got a big end to the window. Big end. Yeah, well, they've so got, we, they've we've got a lot kind of, to do. Yeah, we've said, haven't we, Luke, that we kind of do, will they, if they do get Fafana money, if he, if they keep saying today they don't want to let him go. Um, but if they did that get Fafana, what's that? For that money, I would let him go. Well, the thing is, if they get that money, they can build a squad. But again, they've got little time to do so. And that's kind of you kind of mentioned before, Luke. Would it be a Gareth Bale leaving Spurs sort of scenario? Would they just buy for the sake of buying and replacing? 
Well, supposedly they've got a list of targets ready for, for if and when that money does come in. But like we said before, once a team knows that you've got a load of cash sitting there, the, the market value goes up 10, 15%, doesn't it? Like, yeah. just, I just don't understand why they, why they haven't gone, right, we know we're going to sell him in a couple of weeks' time, a few weeks ago. Start buying players, make it look like we're not going to sell him, get them on the cheap, and then they sell him. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I think it's inevitable now that, that he's going to go. Yeah. I, I don't, you just don't want it to be another one of those deals that stretches out now until deadline day. I know we've still got a couple of weeks now. It seems like this transfer window has been going on for got, ages, doesn't it? You've got, well, you've got nine days left. Yeah. So it'd be interesting to see. I think there'll, there'll probably be more movement over the next couple of days. <laughs> Um, and then finally, um, I know that I think we'll just kind of start with Aaron just on this game, as as I know you're the the leader of the Kiefer Moore Supporters Society. Um, Bournemouth, obviously, the Kiefer Moore uh, Supporters Society. I, 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 no, I just, him, I I just wind it, just winding him up because he's he's so in love with with the big donkey. I know, I've never heard of him. <laughs> That's why I watched it. Why I watched it. The, let's say in Glasgow, let's like the boys. We've got to watch the game, oh why, or keep a burst. It's not 20 quid on him to score. Let well, the boy let me down. <laughs> yeah. If well, you do that all season, you're going to lose a hell of a lot of money, mate. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. It is a different feature on him before the game, though, so I love that. <laughs> yeah. It's... While, you're there, while you're there, stick 20 quid on him to get a hat-trick against City in the return game. <laughs> <laughs> um... So just to kind of say, yeah, finishing with Arsenal, they again they a dominant performance by them. I I thought, um, oh, yeah. with say Martin Odegaard played say really well, and even another great goal of, of the weekend from from Saliba. Is it's kind of harsh saying this? Is it is it because of kind of the way Bournemouth play made them look better, or do you think that Arteta's finally starting to get his team playing how he wants them to play? But a bit of both, really. More Arsenal play well. I mean, Borough could really get into grips in the first 10 minutes. Um, he's just a different class. I think it was a Martinelli that took the shot which got saved for, for the rebound um, because that would have been brilliant if that had gone in with all his skill and stuff. It's brilliant. The thing is with Arsenal, like I said to you, being a, another striker, you think their squad's perfect. They can really, you know, you know, challenge. But it's just whether they rely so much on Jesus. Already you can see it. But he played really well. Played really well. Bournemouth actually second half played a lot better. But um, yeah, it was a pretty slow performance. But Arsenal Ramsdale looks a bit off. It's not started the season too hot. Um, got a bit lucky yesterday. But um, yeah, you're probably, you're probably right. No, Jack. It was a pretty straightforward game. Bournemouth didn't really lay a punch uh, or, or lay a glove on them. Anyway, Kiefer had a couple of chances at the end, but if you've got a six-foot, six, sexy lump up front, play to, play, play to his strengths. Don't let him run into the channel. Get the ball in the fucking box. You know what I mean? It's just, yeah. Oh, it's been it's been good having you back on the pod, Aaron. I've enjoyed it tonight. Uh, so. <laughs> next, next time I'll be sober, I promise. <laughs> no, 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 no. Come, come and do him after the pub next time as well. We've enjoyed it. <laughs> It's been more like a talk sport phone in tonight. I've enjoyed it. It's been good. <laughs> um, he's just dropped in, dropped a load of bombs. I'm gonna leave. <laughs> yeah, he's gonna, he's gonna just oh, he's gonna end the done. Zoom call in a minute. We're just gonna leave. He's just gonna go on. It's gonna be gone. Um, <laughs> Back down the pub. 
Oh, yeah. I'm done. I'm done tonight. I'd love to be Aaron's neighbours right now as well. <laughs> nah, it's all right. It's all right. Well, hopefully it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> Eviction notice on the wall tomorrow. Um, any any last thoughts, anyone? Luke, any last thoughts before we finish? No, all good here, mate. All right, nice one. Aaron? Nah, it's a pleasure to be back on, boys. I'll, I'll be here next time. <laughs> Oh no, it's been a really enjoyable pod. So thank you for joining me, guys. Um, so yeah, we've got another exciting weekend of of Premier League football. It's going to be a double match week next week with uh, fixtures on Wednesday or Tuesday and Wednesday as well. Um, don't know when the next pod will be out. I'm at Reading Festival, um, so I'll be hanging like fuck come the start of next week. Um, but we'll see how we get on. Um, but two big games for Forest come up there. I will I will mention that Spurs then Man City. So. We'll see how we get yeah. on there. We'll see how we get on there. But uh but yeah, that's everything tonight. I hope you've enjoyed it. Uh don't forget to tell your friends about the pod. And uh yeah, we'll see you next time.